My friend sent me an article from Inverse.com entitled, What Nature's Villain Can Teach Us About Being Better Humans. In it, they interview Dr. Zach LeBach, who is a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Colorado Boulder and the co-author of a paper entitled Early Life Social Experience Effects Offspring DNA Methylation and Later Life Stress Phenotype. Pretty much him and a bunch of other researchers studied wild-spotted hyenas living in Kenya, and they learned about the impacts of relationship, connection, with these hyenas. And there's some takeaways, y'all, for us too. Well, guess what? I reached out to Dr. LeBach. He said to call him Zach, though. I reached out to Zach and asked if he'd come on to share more about social connections, hyenas, and yeah, how can we use this information to make our brain happy? Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into these simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Hey y'all, welcome to today's episode of Happy Brain. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host. So grateful you are here. We're going to be talking about connection, hyenas, and mental health. That sounds strange. That's what we do. I invite you to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. And if you haven't done so yet, if you enjoy this show at all, would you consider taking a moment and dropping us a line over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app? We are here for you. We care genuinely about your mental health. So we want to hear what you enjoy about the show, what you don't. Any and all feedback is welcome. So thank you for dropping us that line over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. Now back to Dr. LeBach. He said to call him Zach. It just feels weird. When you go through a doctorate program, I just think you deserve to be called doctor for the rest of your life. He is a behavioral ecologist and evolutionary biologist who studies the extent variation and experiences shape behavior, health, and fitness. In an article he wrote in Nature Eco Evo Community, I think I said that right. <laughs> it's like in the show notes. He says that in a number of species, including our own, early social experiences may, quote, get under the skin via DNA methylation of pathways involved in basic biological processes like inflammation. From what I understand, he's pretty much saying that by studying these animals, they're showing that what you experience early in life can literally affect the physical makeup of your body. But let's get back to behavioral ecologist. Never heard of it. What is it? Behavioral ecologists are, um, th these are um, folks that are interested in studying, um, trying to answer essentially two questions. So if we go out and we observe some variation in animal behavior, so I don't know, it could be things like how um, individuals care for their, their babies or something. We, we might want to come at that from a number of different angles. And one of those could be, what are the sort of mechanisms that um, cause an animal to behave this way? And then we might also sort of tie that into evolutionary biology by asking, why do these animals ask or behave this way? So, so what are the, um, the evolutionary sort of selective pressures that have led this behavior to, to be present in this, in this population? You know, we, you might also um, approach that from, from another sort of evolutionary angle and saying, Okay, if we've got dogs that, that act this way and cats that act this way, is this behavior shared among these two, two species? Or is it something that has been derived completely uniquely in dogs, for example? 
it gets at the yeah sort of the the historical um, aspects of where do traits or behaviors come from and why are those um, yeah why why do we see those in the population is there some sort of um, benefit um, at the population level to to taking care of your kids, for example. So I know this isn't exactly what they studied, but I was curious, looking subjectively at these hyenas, what are some takeaways about how they made or maintain these relationships? Is there anything that we as humans can learn from? So, sort of in the in the aftermath of, or maybe in the midst of, of COVID and, and these um, sort of social um, restrictions that have been advisable or sort of mandatory i think i think there is something to be said about the the ways in which our our social connections matter and and, and are potentially beneficial for the the hyenas one one thing that we were were looking at um there's this methodology called social network analyses and, and essentially what it does is it just looks at like you can you can quantify something like how many friends does a particular hyena have and you can also look at things like how strong are the friendships between individuals in these in these groups? What we found in in this paper was that that these friendships um, or having more more sort of social connections it, it matters for things that are related to your to your health and um, we we weren't assessing um, mental health in the hyenas but thing um, we were looking at some some biomarkers and stress physiology that is. That is, you know, in humans, is it ends up being related to mental health. So things like um, your cortisol levels, for example, and um, also some some other sort of molecular markers of things that end up um, tracking pretty tightly with chronic disease, and including um, some mental health related issues. But yeah, basically, what it looks like is for for these hyenas, and is that animals that have more friends, essentially, especially in this in one particular um, phase of their life. They have a um, a stress profile that is one would I guess think of as is better or or sort of yeah n- they're not as chronically stressed you, you could gather and yeah and it, like I said it it seemed to be most important in this this developmental phase of when these animals were were teenagers and if you if you kind of think about I guess human development I'm not a, a human developmental biologist but from from what I know at least anecdotally is that as humans develop the um, social relationships among teens are particularly important and I think. There's, I think there's a National Geographic photographer or, or person who's doing the documentary on the, the impacts of COVID on um, teen mental health. It's pretty devastating, um, the impacts of COVID and the social isolation. It's a really um, kind of a sad, sad story. But I guess the, the alternative to that is that sort of if we, you know, recognize the value of these, these friendships or these relationships, it, it could be a, you know, a way to maybe prevent some of this mental health related issues that seem to arise when people are, are isolated. He and his colleagues' work looked at DNA methylation and how that's affected by the early years, especially by the relationship with the mother and how these experiences are involved in our biological processes and can result in things like inflammation. Crazy. But here's the deal. We're all grown-ups here, probably. Probably. Knockhouse said probably. If you didn't have good experiences growing up, maybe you didn't have those close relationships. I don't know. I was curious. Is there anything we can pick up from hyenas that show that relationships... I don't know, still matter later in life? I think one of the, the really promising things about what we saw in hyenas, and this is, this is paralleled in, in um, other systems as well, 
is that yeah so sort of what it looks like is that yeah maybe there are these you know these periods of development where where an individual at least in terms of the um, what's going to happen biologically is sensitive particularly sensitive to a particular exposure be that um sort of social interactions or or nutrition or, or whatever the case may be but the nice thing is that these um sort of outcomes do seem to be modifiable if something is particularly challenging sort of social experiences early in life, I don't think there's a there's a way that you would just erase that. But there are um, ways to like um, to sort of promote resiliency um, later in life. And I think I mean even if you look at this this hyena, sort of what we found is we looked at these social these friend networks both as um, when these animals were really young, um, so like when they were um, less than a year old, and then we looked at them again in this like I said, what's when they're around a teen years old. And what we saw is that what really mattered in terms of the sort of biological outcomes and the, the stress physiology was the relationships as teens. And I suspect if we, um, if we looked out at their friend sort of networks as, as adults, that those would also matter in, in some, some level. And that's not to say it would erase the sort of past social experiences, but, but it's probably... I, I wouldn't be surprised if it conferred some resilience if you had like a, a good network of um, strong friendships with with people that Isn't were that interesting. Were nice. Before we go, this is kind of a selfish question, but I just had to know: How do we know if hyenas are friends with each other? Can we just talk about that real quick? We, we we measure how often they interact with each other. So just sort of things like hyenas do things like kind of like what you what dogs might do when they pass each other on the street. So they'll sniff each other, for example, and that's sort of like a greeting, say hello. So we. We keep track of those sorts of interactions, and we also keep track of interactions like when sometimes hyenas meet each other, one chases or tries to bite it, and um, those are less friendly interactions. And so we keep track of all of those, and then we're able to assess, you know, essentially how often does this individual interact positively with, with another individual, and how often does it interact, um, have these negative interactions, and, and we can um, calculate those friendship networks or, or sort of loosely um, via those those kind of data. When we were chatting, Zach mentioned that there's a blog called The Hyena Project. And there are people right now in Kenya researching hyenas and documenting it. You can find it over at msuhyenas.blogspot.com. That is linked in the show notes. But before we run out of here, stepping out of the conversation we had, I'm just wondering in general, as a researcher and a human, after spending so much time studying hyenas, sitting there, staring at them, learning from them, I was wondering if there were just any, I don't know, main takeaways in general that he wanted to share. There's, there's really so much to learn if you can just go and sit quietly and watch. I think that's really hard. It's, it's one thing when you're doing it because you have to go out and collect data, but even then you can be easily distracted. And I guess I think, um, for me, the, um, one of the reasons I like this work or this field is going and sitting quietly, especially in, out in nature, um, there are some real mental health benefits to that as well. I find um, it very cathartic to go out into the, the wild and just sit and, you know, set all sort of electronic things aside and just be quiet and watch and listen. And there's a lot to learn. I don't know. I would encourage your, your listeners to, um, especially if they've had a long day, go watch an animal and do it quietly. If you have a long day, go out and watch an animal quietly. <laughs> Listen, y'all, whether it is taking a moment to power pose with Lindsay Sterling, throwing your hand up in the air for confidence, or watching some hyenas be friends. We hope you take a moment for yourself today and keep that brain of yours happy. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.